Welcome back to the Sarpy County Tourism pregame show. Jake Eisenberg with you, getting you set for a 6:35 first pitch between the Omaha Storm Chasers and the Columbus Clippers. It's the third game of this series, and the Storm Chasers are looking to pick up their first win against the team that's in first place in the International League West. We're now joined on the Sarpy County Tourism pregame show by Royals Senior Director of Pitching, Paul Gibson, who's been in town for now, what, about a week and a half, checking out the Storm Chasers and, and seeing all these pitchers. Your initial thoughts after six or seven games of watching these guys? Well, obviously, we like to win more games than we lose, and we've had some heartbreakers here in the last week and a half. But definitely progress uh, coming off a very short spring training for a lot of the guys on the roster, which make up a good portion of the rotation here. Uh, so we're we're starting to see guys throughout the system get their feet under him, particularly uh, Heasley uh, here as, as his pitch count starts to rise. Um, Coar and Singer are two different uh, cases altogether. Both started the year in the big leagues, obviously, and ran into some struggles, I believe, based on the, the short spring and had a tough time getting their pitch counts up and getting their, their uh, pitch mix in the strike zone. So they're down here working that out, definite progress. J- Brady's, uh, Brady's uh, plan is a little different than Jackson's. Uh, Brady's plan, more or less, was in the bullpen for three weeks. Uh, was only getting minimal amount of work, and so now we're going to stretch him out. He's going to pitch it tonight and then five days from now, and hopefully we build him up to a starter kind of role. Jackson was more mechanically oriented, and we picked up some things that have been ongoing, and we just made the determination that now is the time to attack these things, and uh, some of them are starting to show up very well. Uh, he's had an inning here and an inning there that have blown up his stats, so to speak, but we're not really concerned about his stats. We want to get him right. So, I want to dive into the three of them in particular in a little bit, but first, the shortened spring training and coming into a major league season, what was the most frustrating part about trying to build up in just a short amount of time? Well, it starts in the winter. Uh, December 1st was the cutoff date. That was the last day we were really allowed to talk to our pitchers that were on the 40-man roster. Extremely frustrating for Cal Eldred and Larry Carter, the major league pitching coach and uh, assistant pitching coach, for them to follow the plan because we sort of knew um, that something might take place where spring would get pushed back. So it made it even more important when these guys are out doing their own thing, throwing live batting practices in January and early February when they should be with us, uh, to not be able to contact them, not, them not allowed to send us video. Uh, so it, it was really hard. And even if a guy had an injury, we really weren't supposed to even get involved in that. So, you know, that kind of gag order, so to speak, really worked against us in the process of developing uh, young pitchers. Uh, fortunately for us, we have a young pitching staff. They all take very good care of themselves, uh, and they're diligent with their work. But there's nothing like being in Arizona, getting your work in, and, and compared to in a gymnasium or a, a facility somewhere where you're throwing under the lights of a batting cage. So that part of it was really frustrating. Did it give you guys an opportunity or did it give minor leaguers an opportunity to showcase themselves more or give you a chance to communicate with someone who wasn't on the 40-man roster that maybe you wouldn't have necessarily talked to as much? Well, the way we're set up, we have uh, three pitching coordinators, if you include myself in the minor leagues, and we stay in touch with our pitch. Our pitching coach stay in touch with all of our pitchers on a weekly basis, and we stay in touch with as many 
as we can outside of that. So they get, they send us video all winter. So from that standpoint, over the winter, it wasn't much different. But when they got to spring training, there was a pocket group of guys uh, like um, Foster Griffin, who wasn't on the roster, Austin Cox, who wasn't on the roster. They got their work in, and they've been able to see the benefits of having us around them more than they would have had there been uh, 30 major league pitchers in camp. So there were there is a little group of guys that got invited to major league camp um, that weren't on the roster that actually benefited from this, and I think that's throughout the game. What have you noticed from Austin and Foster this year compared to last year, and obviously now Foster's now coming out of the bullpen? Well, both of them uh, were very well prepared. Their buildup was really good. They're healthy. Their stuff is good. Austin is in a better place. His body is in better shape. Uh, he made a determined effort to to um, change some things, uh, both in his body and his delivery, and that's starting to show up very well. And, and Griffin has been sort of, if you think back two years ago, the Tommy John surgery, not a lot of uncertainty, but he came into spring training in a really good place, and he's throwing the ball very well. Chatting here with Royal Senior Director of Pitching, Paul Gibson. 6.35 first pitch tonight between Omaha and Columbus, and Brady Singer is on the mound. So let's talk about Brady a little bit, because he's with the Omaha Storm Chasers to get stretched out and return to Kansas City to be in a starting role. What was the thought process in having him initially in a bullpen role to begin the season in the big leagues? Well, Brady was definitely a guy that uh, got to spring training. He did all his work. Uh, he was in good shape. The amount of mound time that he got in the spring, he just couldn't get his feet under him and throw strikes. So you got to make a decision. Do you send him out at that point, or do you take uh, the opportunity to keep him on the staff and try to build him up through the bullpen, which is not unheard of. But the way the game shook out and the way the pitching staff shook out, it, it just wasn't getting to happen. So they eventually had to make that decision to get him here and get him in a regular schedule and get him built up, which is more ideal than anything. Uh, Brady's got tremendous stuff, uh, and every once in a while a young pitcher like this has a wobble, and when the the uh, margin for error in the major leagues is so razor thin on a competitive everyday basis, sometimes it it's a really breath of fresh air for a young guy to come down uh, and be able to get his work not under the pressure of getting a major league win every night. And, uh, you know, with his changeup that we've been working on, he can do that here with relatively little uh, consequence compared to being in a major league game, pitching in a levered situation out of the bullpen and wanting to compete with his top two pitches. So we think this is the best thing. Uh, he's been really great since he's been here. He fits in great, obviously, with these guys, and we're just looking to get him back as soon as possible. What did you like about his first outing here the other day, and what do you hope to see from him tonight? So the first outing, we had a plan in place about the changeup. We had a plan in place about his delivery uh, and execution of certain pitches and certain counts, and he executed everything we asked him to do. He probably could have pitched three or four innings that night, but we knew we were bringing him back tonight uh, to uh, then build him up more pitches, 60-65 tonight, and then take it from there. Uh, his bullpens, his work days, uh, all the things that we've been doing um, on the field and off the field, he's, he's 
well in tune with. <clears throat> Cal and Mike Medini did a great job of explaining to him what he needed to work on, what he needed to do, and he's executing it on a daily basis. So, Now talking about a, a different former Florida Gator in Jackson Coar, who was the AAA East pitcher of the year last year, but there's really no way around it, has had struggles at the big league level and has had some struggles with the Storm Chasers since coming back down to this level. How does Jackson Coar become the Jackson Coar we saw in May of last year again? Right. So Jackson's stuff is incredible. Uh, you know, he'll run his fastball up to 99. He'll pitch in the mid to upper 90s on any given night. He's got a plus-plus changeup. He's now has a slider that's at least average. And this is just what happens with young pitchers at times. Very few guys go to the highest level of the game and ace the test on the first try. And especially guys with power pitchers that, that run into control issues. Sometimes the reset button has to be once or twice has to take place until things start to stick and in the mechanics and, and the mentality and handling the, the pressures of, of executing those pitches. And do we have little doubt in our mind that this guy has major league stuff and he's going to pitch for a long time. We just have to be patient and understand we had a pandemic. Uh, they they went from mid minor league levels to the major leagues. Uh, we had a shortened season. Uh, we had a shortened spring training. And none of these things are traditional in nature for young pitchers in the process of development. And it's really hard uh, when when you look at the history of the game, how long it takes to develop a starting pitcher alone. And now we have Jackson and Brady and Daniel Lynch and Bubich and Carlos Hernandez, five five young guys that that the, the development process timeline hasn't been favorable to them in any in any way. So, you know, we're doing everything we can to slim that timeline down and and make it work. But sometimes it happens like this. Finishing up with Royal Senior Director of Pitching, Paul Gibson. 6.35 first pitch tonight between Omaha and Columbus. We'll round out by talking about Jonathan Heasley a little bit, who made his big league debut last year and then made his AAA debut this year. What's encouraged you the most about the way he's thrown the ball so far this year? Well, John Heasley is an incredibly uh, intuitive, intuitive uh, pitcher, very creative, four-pitch mix, um, reads swings really well, uh, not to mention the stuff that he has and he's a great teammate and uh, he's a guy that that uh, health on his side is going to be a, a major league pitcher for a long time uh, he throws strikes with with all of his pitches he competes uh, like you can't imagine just like the rest of these guys uh, but he um, again um, went from double a to the big leagues now he's in triple a and and you know sometimes it goes like that um, but uh, we're looking for great things from John. He just uh, he's so consistent and even uh, keeled, and his temperament is so great for this game. Paul, appreciate your insight. Thank you so much for the time. Always good to see you and talk to you, and uh, we'll hope to see you again and talk to you again soon. Yeah, as long as you're here. You've been traveling the, <laughs> the world lately, so. but congratulations to you as well. Thank you very much. We've got the starting lineups for you next, and then first pitch between Omaha and Columbus right here on 1180 The Zone.